Welcome to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied weekly by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. And this is where you will experience the fusion of church and state on the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be engaging in vigorous and robust discussion on culture, history, current events, all from a biblical perspective. Our email, if you want to contact us, radiovoiceoftruth at gmail.com. Radio Voice of Truth at gmail.com. Write and tell us how much you love us. No bad, no bad emails, Pastor. All nice ones, right? <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> it's not too much to ask. I, don't think. I, I think it's a reasonable request. <laughs> all right, so how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. I just wish that there were some exciting things going on in yeah, the world to talk about. I, it's a slow news day. <laughs> slow news year. But here we are. So, um, uh, Anyway, it's uh, good to see you again. Good to be back in the studio, and uh, it's you know it's it's a blessing to be able to to do a show like this and, it and is. be able to to talk about uh, you know current events and issues and things going on. And there is so much going on right now. Well, and the Bible speaks to the fact that that we as believers we need to walk circumspectly. We need to be observant of the things that are going around us, redeeming mm-hmm. the time because the days are evil, and so. You know, when we when we are able to bring up topics from from both history and current events, and we're able to bring the Bible into it, the Bible's timeless. So it draws history and current events together under principles that never fade away. So we can make sense of life. And you know, I think that's something we're not getting in media. That's something that we're not getting from news outlets. That's something we're not getting from magazines and newspapers today. So I'm glad there's a place for this type of voice where people can actually reason. You know, God's a reasonable entity. He says, come, let us reason together, yes. saith the Lord. And then yes. he gives us the truth as a tool to reason with. So Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And I, I think one of the problems uh, with our country is is we don't we don't live on, on principle. Mm-hmm. We don't understand absolute truth. Uh, everything is relative. There is no there is no truth. We have a humanist worldview, even in our churches. And we were talking about that earlier. That uh, so many of our churches, uh, the pastors don't preach the Bible. Mm. And uh, your pastor at, F- at Fellowship Baptist, where my family and I attend, and and you do, mm-hmm. uh, well, you did a great job on Sunday. I was telling you talking about it earlier. But uh, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, preachers in the Mid Ohio Valley that that do mm. also, Amen. and that's one of the reasons why it's such a conservative area. Mm. Is for years, uh, Pastor, for decades, there have been uh, faithful men of God behind the pulpits preaching the Word of God, mm. not not the whims of their own conscience, you know, of their own emotion. They preach the Word of God, mm. and uh, so uh, there's about three topics we're going to try to get into today. The first one is, uh, in just a second here, um, yours truly. This is uh, Mike Azinger. I was at the rally in D.C. Yeah, how does so, that go? I mean, Some we were... may have heard of that. I don't know. If you, <laughs> did you hear about the rally? That was I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, there was this rally. I don't want to get interviewed by you. <laughs> 
I don't want anybody <laughs> knocking on my door. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, either do I, however. <laughs> so, hey, we're going to talk about that initially. <laughs> then we'll get into uh, the cancel culture. We'll talk mm. about that in the second segment. And that was that was uh, your idea, Pastor. But uh, uh, that's real, and we're yeah. watching it. We're watching it happen. If you're paying attention to the news at all, we're yeah. watching it happen big time. And then we're going to finish up uh, the last segment. We're going to talk about religious freedom, where it comes from, because we just re- we just celebrated. Uh, most folks won't know, but uh, just because it's not in the media, you hardly see it. But... It wasn't on my iPhone calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, don't they didn't put that enter that in. There. They'll put Kwan's on there. But... <laughs> so um, wall builders. Uh, uh, David Barton has a little article here on Religious Freedom Day. It, it actually goes back to uh, 1786. This is this is something that is part of our heritage. It's part hmm. of our culture. Jefferson uh, was the impetus of it, and so we'll talk about that in the Great. last segment. So, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with just talking. So about you the, took uh, a little right. trip. A little trip. <laughs> Listen, the 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 trip was. Um, Fine. Once we got there, it was uh, sheer misery. It was. Now listen to I, this. Listen. You are a true, true patriot to go out in the cold and the snow. Yes, and, I will uh, be in the next edition of uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, <laughs> chapter one. Yes. Okay, so here's the, re- the, the revised version. Mm, yeah. Um, so I, it, finding a way to DC, we we I, I we didn't want to go just because I like watching. I don't like stadiums. I don't like. But I like the couch yeah. with the TV on where the I temperature. have temperature. <laughs> you got the Cheetos. You got you the got... refrigerator within walking. That's what I like. So, but I thought you know the president's called us to the Capitol. Let's go, my boys, uh, Tommy and Zach. They're uh, nineteen and seventeen. They just were just chomping at the bit. And another friend of mine and his girl, uh, his fifteen-year-old uh, girl, uh, went also. We went on different buses. We couldn't find a bus. So we finally found one. Uh, my friend's bus left out of Ohio somewhere, and he met him in Clarksburg. Ours left uh, out of South Side, South Parkersburg, and uh, ten o'clock at night. <laughs> so I thought, okay, that's cool. We'll sleep. Yeah, right. We'll sleep. Yeah, right. On the bus you all got the way over to DC. Chickens and the goats next to you on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get a lot of sleep on a bus at ten o'clock at night. Right. Hey, so, talk about how what 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 does a bus look like at ten o'clock at night? Well, it's, it's dark, <laughs> which has its benefits. So, <laughs> so we get I on the bus. See what's going on? Uh, so we get on the bus and we stop in Clarksburg. We have a pickup there. Picked up some people. We stopped in Morgantown, which is where we picked up my oldest son Tommy because he's at uh, an engineering school there. We picked him up. And on to D.C., but you don't get any sleep because people are yakking. And I did some yakking myself, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this isn't going to be good because we're really going to get there early. I mean, early. We left way too early. Look, Listen, we got in D.C. at, uh, I think it was about 5 o'clock in the morning or 6. It was still dark. Oh, we are trying to kill time, so... He dumped us off at the Lincoln Memorial. We went in the dark. We went up to the Lincoln Memorial and got How some cold pictures. Was it? it was freezing. <laughs> and I didn't, I underdressed. I did not, what was I thinking? I do not know. But so, so in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, it's still dark. We're trying to kill time at six in the morning, which means we're probably going to get off the bus here about 6 30 or 7. And we're not leaving till five in the afternoon. 
and I'm going to have – I'm thinking I didn't wear an eye because I read the, the Weather Channel said – Partly sunny in mid forties. Uh, it was mid mid thirties and no sun. I froze. Oh, I fr- you can't sit down the whole day. There's no coffee. I would not have done well at Valley Forge. <laughs> <laughs> Freezing to death. Listen, when it was all over and everyone's headed to the Capitol, I could I couldn't walk. I had to have from standing ten hours straight. I had to. There's a little two foot wall that off the Washington Monument so you can get up to Independence Avenue, head up to the Capitol. I, I couldn't climb down the wall. I'd have my boys help. My back was hey, just that's, the that's worst. That's when, as a dad, you say, hey, hey, boys, when's the last time we had a good group hug for a while? <laughs> yeah. Had some father and son time. All right. And then, <laughs> and there's a, uh, so, dad, you're an old man. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a, I can hear your but, joints freezing oh my in real goodness. time. So, in, in, in truth, the whole, that that whole part up until three o'clock, it was just miserable being there. So, uh, and, and it, it, it was just, it was cold. I, I had to, I bought, there's some, some people selling t-shirts and sweatshirts and you stuff. like 20 t-shirts. <laughs> I bought this big old uh, hoodie, thick hoodie. It saved me. I think I, seriously, I think I would have had to go to the hospital. You should have something written on that hoodie that says, this hoodie saved me. <laughs> uh, it said, uh, Trump was robbed. So anyway, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that's what it said. So anyway, um, but that was uh, that was the what, what time the background. was his speech? What, what so okay, so good question. So we have these speeches intermittently throughout the morning of, of people, and I don't mean to complain here, but people we've heard before, and they're saying the same things, and 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 uh, uh, you know why why are we having? I want to hear Trump. Everyone's there to hear Trump. And so finally, he, he, and he was late coming on. There's different theories of why. But so finally, he gets on and he gives, he gives his speech. And it was, you know, it was his tip, his, it was Trump, Trumpian. It was what he does, what he says, but it was nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and it was, I forgot, you know, somebody said before we go up there, the people at the rally will know the least of anyone in the country because you have no access to uh, – th- there's no Wi-Fi. You're not watching the news necessarily. Yeah, you're not, not watching the news, and and you you can't even text. I'd, I had lost my boys. I got separated from my boys, and I couldn't call or text. There's no Wi-Fi. I couldn't get – you know, it was just – it was uh, – uh, and then um, – uh, anyway, so the speeches came. Trump finally got up there. And then, how many people were there? So, what was it? Was there? Was it a huge turnout? Was so like- I had so six hundred twenty thousand is the, is the number I heard. A friend of mine from the from the Mid Ohio Valley here said he was is he's he's got a background that's um, interesting. So he said, "Yeah, I was in the building on the computers watching the crowd." And he said, "I saw you, Mike." <laughs> I said, "Yes, yeah, sure you did. Where was I?" He said, uh, "You were by the Washington Monument." I was by the Washington Monument. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, so he knows where you're at right now. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I have a tinfoil hat on uh, that I wear. But so anyway, um, so Trump gets up and he's giving a speech. And ten fifteen minutes ago, you can tell he's winding down, uh, and then all the people start leaving. Not all, but a, a lot of people start leaving. So I'm thinking they're leaving because they're freezing like I am. 
or, uh, you know, there's no place to sit. They need to rest. So I think some people were leaving because of that, but some people were leaving uh, to head to the Capitol. That was the that was the intent of being there. Uh, you know, all, all these all the leftists are saying, why were you at the Capitol? Well, you, first of all, you, you have a First Amendment right to assemble, hmm. right? You have a right to – let me just read the First Amendment for folks that – that forget that we have a constitution and uh, namely uh, a bill of rights first amendment congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion by the way just parenthetically f- first thing that that uh, the founding fathers talked about was religion mm. first thing mm. of the Good first point. amendment first thing religion or prof- uh, prohibiting the free exercise of religion or abridging the freedom of speech there's freedom of speech or of the press, there's press, or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. Hmm. That's what we were doing there. 620,000 or whatever the number, the number was. It may have been more. Now, it could have been a few less. I don't know. But it was packed. You couldn't move, uh, Pastor. You couldn't. You couldn't. I mean, it wasn't like you're shoulder to shoulder, but almost. Hmm. Almost. You, when we first got there at 6 in the morning, uh, it was dark freezing there weren't that many people but but hour by hour it just got suffocating to where mm. you you couldn't move and um it was it was very crowded people were there because they love president trump now i know all our listeners our listeners may not love president trump but but the point i want to make here is that that there's there's a whole lot of americans that were there because we believe in freedom, we believe that uh, certain things happened on election night. We believe that um, that you know we, we were there to support President Trump. We got a, the, the historical background because you forget quickly. It's only been a couple of weeks, but but they were there to the electors were there to they were there to to vote on the electors to it was it was you know. The, the time that, that Congress the whole was going argument, to take the electors and, and The whole argument the is that there was a hope that they would take a deeper look at an audit of the actual votes um, before they would actually verify these electors. Right. So you have, you have what many of us believe is a, a fraudulent election in many states. Uh, just for example, Pennsylvania— um, the Supreme Court overruled the laws, the election laws written by the legislature. The Constitution, Pastor, gives the uh, authority to the state legislate, uh, legislatures in Pennsylvania, the House and the Senate, gives them the authority to write the election laws. The Supreme, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania came and overruled those election laws. They had no right to do that. They had no right to do that, and that's where uh, mail-in voting came in. And and uh, you know, here, here's the thing: we we got away from election day. We used to have one day. The Constitution says there's one day, uh, second Tuesday after the first Monday, uh, first first Tuesday after the second Monday. That's when you vote in November. That's the day you vote, and we've 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 gotten so far away from that that anyone can vote at any time, you know, essentially almost, uh, that, that you're going to have corruption and fraud. So, so that's what happened. And, and, uh, uh, so we, we eventually, uh, so we're just kind of hanging around there. Everyone's left. Uh, my, 
my back's killing me. So uh, my buddy that I'm with, we have a mutual friend from back here, started getting this text. Look, they're, they're climbing the walls at the Capitol. I didn't know what that meant, but mm. something's going on up there. So we start heading up, I think it's Independence Avenue, towards the Capitol. It's, uh, it's about a two-mile walk. Uh, so we, we started heading that way. And uh, we got there, and it was probably, you know, an hour after the first people got there. We got there late. We were back at the edge, kind of at the cusp of the of the back edge of, of the crowd. And there was, I don't know, 30, 40,000 people just peace, peacefully assembling. Um, if there was, if there was, th- if there were things going on up in the Capitol doors and so on, which there obviously was, you couldn't see it from where, from our vantage point. Mm. What I saw was tens of thousands of Americans waving flags, waving American flags, waving Trump flags, don't tread on me flags, you know, the whole deal, peacefully assembling and, and pressuring the Congress to reject the dirty electors mm. that we thought that we believe were fraudulent. Now, um, did things happen in the Capitol? Did some of our guys uh, get carried away? I think they did. I think a majority of them, though, I think the tip of the spear, the instigators, I believe strongly, and I said this in the press and in many interviews all over, uh, all over the well, uh, and TV stations here in, in Kanawha County and. I even got emails from New York Times, Mother Jones, and the AP. Well, hey, hey, Azinger, what do you mean? How do you know it's Antifa? Because that's what I said. I believe it was Antifa. I believe there's copious evidence that Antifa started it, instigated it, and was there at the beginning. Now, for some reason, and you tell me why, Pastor, you might know, but for some reason, all I did a statewide radio show also of a guy that I have a lot of respect for. I always thought was kind of a moderate. But he's defending Antifa. You can tell a lot about a guy by who he defends, right? Hmm. Who he defends. Wait, who are you defending? Everyone's defending Antifa. Why is that? Hmm. I think it's because uh, if they can't, if they, if we can blame Antifa, they can't blame Trump people. I think it's all about going after Trump people, and and uh, anyone was there at the Capitol. Uh, inside the Capitol, there might, you know, folks might be getting in trouble. But well, let me ask you this: I didn't hear the whole speech or whatever. But when you were there listening to Trump's speech, was there anything that you picked up in it that that seemed insightful? Like, it, like he was trying to incite people to go and and storm the Capitol? Did he call for that? Did he call for any violence or or anybody to cause mayhem or any of that kind of thing in his speech? Well, I think that's a, a great question. I think nobody heard that because it wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. And Did you feel like you and your boys needed <laughs> to light some pitchforks and on fire and go, you know, raid buildings or no, anything? <laughs> to be honest with you, it was kind of a, a rote Trump speech, and, and at the end I was barely paying attention. <laughs> that's that's the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, uh, some talk radio guys have gone through the whole speech just to show he didn't say anything at all to incite mm-hmm. incite people. That's not what Trump people do. Trump people don't tear stuff down. That's what Antifa does. So, um, uh, and, and and the timeline, Pastor. The timeline. Um, if if you look at when the events began at the Capitol in terms of the chaos, it was way before the Trump supporters, even the ones that left early, could have gotten all the way down to the Capitol. It's a good walk to all the way down there. It was already starting. Uh, and and, but it, it, you've, it, there's video out there. 
of of uh, you know these guys banging on the windows, uh, breaking the windows, breaking the doors down. And there's one video in particular where the Trump people, this guy's just bashing the window with a baton or something. We don't do that. Trump people don't dis- do, destroy property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now there might be a few that that did, and I'm not saying 100, percent but 99.9999 Trump people uh, are conservative. Well, the thing I was thinking is, as all of this was kind of playing out, is um, obviously you get. Let me just finish that real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I didn't so, mean to cut you off. Uh, two, two seconds. So this guy was bashing the window in. And all of a sudden, all the Trump people around him started yelling, Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. They were calling him Antifa. They knew it was Antifa. Mm. And one guy finally uh, jumps up and wrestles him to the ground. Mm. So that – but – and also the the doors were being opened just by the people inside. And the point you make uh, of, of the video you, video you saw, uh, um, describe that. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I was thinking when all this was going down, I mean, I had I had inclinations before everybody assembled and the the rally took place. I had inclinations that something, you know, strange is going to go down. Somebody's going to try to cause mayhem or havoc because you get 600 and some thousand people together. Yeah, it's it's easy to have bad actors in any group of people that might cause trouble. But um, but when you watch what happened over the summer, you watch what happened over this past year. You saw a conditioning of people to just assume that that you're gonna on on the on the on the case of uh, on the case of the the mobs or the the rioters that they're just gonna be able to take over swaths of uh, of of cities and hijack it for uh, indiscernible amount of time right. using whatever force they want and yes. nobody nobody's gonna get called out on that yes. not not by anybody in 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 Congress from a certain side or, or anybody in, in authority from a certain side. And then on the police's side, you get the sense that if I come and use force to prevent these things from happening, they're going to say defund me and they're going to throw me and my buddies in jail. So, mm-hmm. so that's the tenor of everything that's set up for this moment, yeah, right? Yeah. You've got uh, inconsistencies. You're not following the law at all. You're not following the Constitution at all. And so where there is no clear sound... People have no vision. People have no containment. People have no uh, ability to know what to expect. So, yeah. so this is the setup all summer long, from what I could see. So now you got all these people showing up at the Capitol, and and you've got whoever it was, you know, causing this mayhem there at the doors, uh, Antifa, whoever it is. Uh, you've got some Trump people that are that are maybe coming along with it. I'm not sure, um, but I know that you and I, uh, even President Trump, others in Congress have said. Hey, there's no room for violence. Everybody who's breaking stuff, everybody who's hurting people, all those people deserve to go to jail for a long, 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 long time. They they need to be fully prosecuted, all these types of things. But when people are walking in to the Capitol, you know, it's being called this insurrection. Like, 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 <laughs> oh man, we had this battle plan and, and people are going in and they're taking hostages and they've got demands. That's what it sounds like. And right? and that's that, that's what they make it sound like. And when you watch the video, it looks like another tour being led through the Capitol. In in some instances, I realize at the tip of the spear, there were people that were yep. accosting officers and all that. I'm not making light of that. I know people died. I'm not making light of that at all. But this idea that there's this organized militia or this organized group of people that... I, I saw guys wearing buffalo helmets standing on desks taking selfies of themselves. That's right. not a... That's not an insurrection. That's not, hey, we're going to go and topple the seat of government yeah. so that we can install a dictator... This narrative that's being painted of 
this insurrection and we need to find all of these people, even if they attended a rally and we need to throw them in jail and senators need Mm. to resign for even questioning or asking questions about how the election process took place. I mean, you see the severe response to this in the sense that they blow it up to be something that's just part of their narrative to quiet the voices that they do not want to listen to. And 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 that's a great point. And that's that's what it's all about. It's about shutting the Trump people up, uh, discouraging the Trump people, and and to a large extent, it worked. Uh, you know, it it, will, it it discouraged. You can feel it, Pastor. You can feel the the discouragement. In, in the in the in the freedom movement, you know the Trump folks, um, uh, and and there's been a quietness, and it just kind of it kind of de- derailed momentum. But uh, uh, you know, one th- one thing I saw there, and, and, uh, and we'll finish with this, unless you have any any other questions. But um, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to give something about the underbelly of, of the movement that may that may not be what people want to hear but this is something i did see there among this sea of people you know we've we've talked about this on the radio before but but uh uh there's 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 been a a surge of, of patriotism in america i'm not sure about repentance though and, yeah and god's more concerned obviously with repentance yes. than he is patriotism the founding fathers the the patriotism was uh the, the natural a progression that that uh, was was spawned out of repentance. Right, that's where Christianity uh, Christianity gave birth to the, truth the patriotism. Will make you free, the Bible says. Yes. So there you when go. you repent and turn to the truth, you're free from the bondage of sin. You're free from the bondage of any dictator. Paul in a prison cell writing to churches was free. Yes. Right. So so patriotism. I mean, we as Americans. We believe in our rights to vote. We believe in our rights to be heard. We believe in our rights to assemble. We believe in our rights to worship. All of these are rights that are given to us and then protected by law. They're given to us by God, but they're protected by law in America. Now, whether law continues to protect them or not, they're still given to us by God. Yes, these are natural rights. They're exactly. natural rights. Given by God. Correct. And, and and they were the foundation of a country that was Christian because you can't have it any, any other way. Mm-hmm. And Adam said the same. This is what I saw, uh, Pastor, that uh, that troubled me. Uh, if you move in in the crowd there and amongst these hundreds of thousands of people, you, you heard— and it's become just a common word in our culture. You you heard the f bomb often. Hmm. This is the conversation of a lot of of, of Trump people, and I, I my concern is that that we have a, a a big movement of that of folks that want the Constitution, who want freedom. We want the Bill of Rights. We want the First Amendment. The, we want the right to bear arms. These are all natural mm-hmm. rights, and these are all. Uh, uh, rights that that uh, that we should fight for, but I don't I don't believe that God gives these rights to a people that are rebellious towards Him. Mm-hmm. And if you look at our country, I was talking to my wife about that uh, about this uh, just this morning. If you look at our country, uh, Pastor, uh, we 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 don't have we have a nation that I heard a preacher say one time that America's problem isn't immort- uh, immorality. It's idolatry. Hmm. Our problem is idolatry. Yeah. 
And I think that I think that that's still our problem. And that's one thing I would say we need to be careful as a pastor. And again, I I, I do love our freedom, and I'm I, I'm very patriotic. I love America. But as a pastor, I would say we cannot make our nation our idol, and we cannot make a public figure our idol. Right. Right. You know. And and one thing that I did that has always concerned me about if you want to call it the Trump movement or the Trumpian movement is this almost worship of this man mm. instead of a partnership with certain ideals. Like, mm. like the reason that I vote for somebody is because their platform best reflects to me the principles of the word of God. But if you just follow a personality or a man, uh, every man is fallible. That's a pastor. That's a president. Yes. That's a congressman. Nowhere in Scripture, Pastor, you know this, nowhere in Scripture does it say to put your trust in man. That's right. So we put our trust in God. So we're out of time for this segment, and uh, if we have any other stuff on the rally, <laughs> we can do it the next segment. <laughs> we will, yeah. We're going to talk next about cancel culture in the next mm-hmm. segment, and if we have time after that, we'll we'll talk about uh, religious freedom because we just had Religious Freedom Day. So this is... Senator Mike Hazinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, on the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. This is your host, State Senator Mike Hazinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church, in Vienna. So we're glad and honored and excited always about having the opportunity to talk to the Mid-Ohio Valley. That's right. And hey, for those that are listening, thank you for listening yes. to us. We're yeah, we so sure glad do. you're with us. And we get, I've gotten several uh, good comments good. Uh, on it. Like uh, one guy said, man, I was glad when you all finished. That was great when the show was <laughs> Somebody finally Somebody told over. me, you guys aren't that terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually did get a couple good comments. Good. Uh Every week I get a couple of good ones. So, so we're having fun, and uh, we just uh, hope you all come along and, and listen. We podcast this, right, also? We do. And we do. Uh, uh, what is the podcast? Tim? I don't know, Tim. What's a podcast? Tim, do you know? It's an internet radio show. It's, it's an, an internet, internet radio show. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Listen to okay. He's a different generation than I am. I don't, I don't. My boys know. He's speaking gibberish to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Radio Voice, uh, Radio Voice of Truth at gmail.com if you want to email us. Radio Voice of Truth at gmail.com. So we talked in the first segment about uh, the rally in D.C., mm-hmm. and um, I had the opportunity to go with, uh, with my boys and a friend and his girl. We had a, we, we had a, a just to, to say you were there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell my grandkids about That's right. Right? And uh, God's on his throne no matter what. Look, he is on the throne no matter yeah, what. That's you know? the reality. And so, so if, we, uh, if we're going to lose our freedoms, then uh, God's still on his throne. So let's mm-hmm. talk about um, some of the uh, some of the, uh, the consequences coming out of a culture that uh, has moved away from God— mm-hmm. Moved away from the Constitution because, because as John Adams said, and I'm paraphrasing, you can't you can't have a constitutional republic that's not a moral republic. Yeah. And a moral and morals come from somewhere, right? Uh, they come from absolutes. We know, we understand that true mor- morality, objective, universal. Uh, 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 morality comes from the Bible, mm. right? Objective truth truth comes from there. So I got this in the mail. A friend of mine, Stephen McDowell, who has a uh, a group called uh, 
an organization called Providence Foundation down in Charlottesville, Virginia, where Monticello is, where uh, Jefferson's house is. And uh, he wrote uh, this pamphlet, Why Do the Leftists Rage? What is it about the left, this hard left, um, this, this, I think fundamentally it, it's a hatred for truth and for God. That's what I, that's what I believe, and, and I'll get your input here in a second. Um, so here's a quote I thought was interesting. Americans are no idiots. This is, uh, this is uh, let me just finish it. Americans are no idiots, and they appear determined not to be slaves. This is a quote, not today, but from, uh, in 1775 from a Presbyterian pastor, John Zubley. He said, Americans are no idiots, and they are determined not to be slaves. So uh, maybe the inverse is true now. Maybe mm. we're determined to be, to be slaves. So you have, uh, you have a, a, a split in the culture. We're 50-50, and it, it became very apparent, I think, in the elections of 2000. And we have, we have uh, diametrically opposed philosophical systems for the most part. I think uh, Christianity is, is waning, maybe, or in its influence it is. Um, but uh, but you, have, you have a culture where we have worldviews that are, that are different. Mm. You know, our, 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 our nation was founded on, on a law system based on Scripture. Mm. And I think that we've turned slowly over the years into uh, where we have a worldview— um, a philosophical system that is based on humanism, on man-centered mm-hmm. ideas of what law should be. And and this was not something that just, you know, all of a sudden this has appeared. This was a strategy. This this was a plan all along. You know, you and I, we've been talking about this movement of cancel culture, and I think that that is one of the vehicles that uh, is being used to silence uh, the truth. And it's happened... Uh, not just now, but it happened when you know a culture pulled God out of the schools. They mm-hmm. said, "Well, we're not going to we're not going to speak about the Bible anymore. We're not going to mm-hmm. speak about God. We're not going to speak about creation. Mm-hmm. We're not even going to offer it as a theory alongside of the theory of evolution. It's it's just gone. It's canceled. So, so God was canceled from the schools, and then it wasn't long before after that God was canceled from the seats of government and of justice." And you've got the Ten Commandments being removed out of, you know, the buildings of law. You've got um, people who are no longer eligible to be uh, uh, elected into the Supreme Court because the first thing that any uh, uh, person is going to question them on is their belief system, it seems like, anymore. Well, what do you believe? Are you a Christian? Do you support abortion? Do you support our humanist ideals? If not, then you're canceled. You can't, you can't sit on these seats of government. You can't sit in these seats of, of power and, and judgment. You're not qualified to do that because you're ridiculous. We canceled this culture out a long time ago. It's full of fables and it's full of nonsense and it's full of, 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 of views we don't uh, support anymore. So you're canceled. You're gone. And mm. we see that now not even just happening with with Christians or with the Bible or with God, we see that happening all over our culture where anybody who expresses a viewpoint that comes from truth, that comes from the Bible, maybe they're not even Christians, but it's something that they're holding to, they're canceled from their jobs, they're canceled from their sphere of influence, they're marginalized in society. And that's what it's always 
that is what it's always been. It's always been about that voice. With John the Baptist, he was a voice mm. crying in the wilderness. Right. Well, he lost his head eventually. <laughs> you know, it's just got, I'm, I'm reading through uh, Jeremiah. All the apostles. All the yeah, all the apostles died, or you know, John. I guess was mm-hmm. was just awful. they tried, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he lived. But uh, 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 Jeremiah in the Old Testament, um, he was the only guy saying this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Then you have all these other false prophets saying, "No, God didn't say that. God's not going to turn this over and and uh, bring judgment." It's always been about the voice. It's always mm-hmm. been about truth. So, uh, as you mentioned, uh, they got rid of God out of the schools. They took prayer and Bible out of the schools in the 1960s. And and you go back even further to where Darwin, mm-hmm. uh, from England, 1859, origin of species, and it spread to America to that, so that today— uh, we have a, a a whole culture system that that thinks in Darwinist uh, terms. We have social Darwinism that uh, that permeates everything, including our law. And by the way, that's what leads to racism and leads yes. to murder and abortion and leads to groups canceling out other groups. I mean, this survival of the fittest, natural selection, supports the fact that if I'm powerful enough to exterminate you and I don't want you around anymore— then that's exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm justified in doing that because that's how nature works. Yeah, and you're only you only matter to the extent that uh, you have a value to society, mm-hmm. and that's obviously the opposite. But uh, uh, just in terms in terms of our law and and how how our lawmakers learned in the early uh, the the founding our founders and for uh, decades and hundreds of years. After that, they learned from William Blackstone, who was a who was a uh, uh, a, a British legislator. Actually, he, he didn't like America. He didn't want us to have independence. But he he wrote Blackstone's commentaries that gave uh, that gave a, a a system of law from a, a, a biblical worldview, from natural law. Okay, so so that's what we were built on, and then then we got away. We've taken we taken the Lord out of our our culture and and you have a you have like we said a Darwinist system that is survival mm. of the fittest that gives no value to mankind and no purpose in life and gives no hope to mm. to these students um, and and we need to bring the Bible back mm. in schools we need to bring pr- prayer back in schools and we need to we need to uh, I heard, I heard uh, listen to a sermon a guy named David Barton uh, over the weekend he I First two thirds of it anyway, but it's called "Run, Run to the Roar" was the title of the sermon, and he he was talking about how lions hunt, and he said the male lions are not the good hunters, the female lions are the good hunters, but the male lion will roar, and all the animals will stand still, scared to death, and the female lions will come from behind, and he said if you're in uh if you're in an African country and you hear the roar. Don't run away from it because then you'll run into all the female hunter lions. Run to the roar. That's mm-hmm. your safest bet. Run to the roar. And that's what Christians have not done. And Christian legislators, and I point to myself on this, we have not run to the roar. We have not been bold enough in in uh in the culture to to understand that look, we owe our we owe our predecessors. We owe the apostle Paul. Paul said we're debtors. We owe these men that uh and 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 ladies who have come before us who've paid a price 
a price of courage and, and the consequences that come from that. So, um, so here we have cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Anyone that says something, no, you're going to shut up. You got it. You know, Katie Couric just said we need to deprogram anyone that's a Trump supporter. They need deprogram. So this is all Stalinist talk. This is what Stalin does. He sent people to the gulags, millions of them, millions of them for just whispering something contrary to the uh, Soviet zeitgeist. You've got uh, what Harvard students wanting to revoke diplomas for anyone who has uh, conservative views. You have. Um, you know, me- news media people uh, who want to speak about conservative views, they're getting canceled from their shows. You've got just just things are going crazy with people just getting shut down because of, of their viewpoint. And that's that's because we're not running to the roar. And don't think that's not going to happen in pulpits. Don't think that's not going right. to happen to to Christians in churches. Um, you know, I think it was AOC. She was saying anybody who worked in the Trump administration, they should not be able to get jobs anywhere else when they leave that administration that nobody should hire them. I mean, they're going to start shutting down the ability for people who have conservative views to go and to even earn employment. And this is not the first time this has happened. We understand even in the early church that uh, those who were turning to the Lord Jesus Christ, even away from Judaism, were ostracized from their families. They were Mm. canceled from their jobs uh, because of the persecution that came upon them in the pagan cities where revival broke out and idols were being burned and idol makers were going out of business. They were rounding up people and convicting them and throwing them in jail because it was hurting their agendas. And so this has happened in in Christianity throughout Christian history. But what the difference is between the early church and now, and the the fear that I have, is the early church ran towards the roar. Hmm. They were willing to give their lives for the gospel. They were willing to still go to church. They were willing to still preach the gospel. And today, you've got people wanting to hold up in their houses just waiting for the storm to go by. Well, let me just tell you something as a pastor. I'm just telling you right now, the storm's not going by. Right. We're in the storm, mm. and now's the time to take the stand. It, 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 God's in the storm. He's called us Amen. Uh, to be uh, to stand for him. The early church, uh, you know, Christianity was waxing, and now it's waning. We're, we're, but you know what? At the same time, I do think that a lot of Christians are waking up, mm-hmm. and I think that that a lot of Christians understand that uh, that this is serious and that that the consequences for not standing up can can be severe. And look, look, we're indebted, like I said, to the Apostle Paul for what for bringing the gospel to the world. But mm-hmm. we're indebted also to to the soldiers of the Revolutionary War who walked barefoot through the snow, blood dripping from their feet, freezing to death, and and we owe them. They were patriots. They they had a long term vision that their their uh, children and grandchildren and so on would live in freedom, and so we're spoiled now, and I include myself in that, and we need to uh, to step up. So you have uh, yeah, like, like you say, uh, Senator Cruz and Senator Holly, they're Yale graduates. I was a Yale graduate, first in my class. <laughs> Why, why are you I laughing? want to see the documentation on that. <laughs> it's somewhere in the basement. I'll get it for you. So yeah, it, won't, it won't mean anything now anymore. You went to the rallies. So that's that right. Away from you. It's gone. But Yale Law is is number one. That's the top dog law school. Yale, um, and that's where Cruz and, and Josh Hawley went. And so the the uh, the students and and graduates uh, alumni alumni of yeah say look we want their they, we want their diplomas back 
They're also saying of Cruz and Hawley, we, we're, we're going to take away their law license. That's where this is going. They want to ruin people who stood up for Trump. They want to ruin them. Uh, and, and then they want to have that chilling effect, effect sent down to the rest of us to where we just we shut mm-hmm. up. But we're not called to shut up. We're called to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on, I can do the speak the truth part, the in love. I am working <laughs> I am working on. So anyway, um, but uh, uh, that's where we are. We are we are in a culture that you're canceled. That's a that's a creepy word, it isn't is. it? We're we're canceled if we say the wrong thing. Mm. But did God ever promise an exemption for uh, to Americans for uh, persecution? Well, are we exempted from persecution because we're Americans? This is the thing is. We think our rights are what protect us, and we forget it's God that ultimately protects us. Yeah. And I'm glad for the rights we have, but the you know we we've seen the history of other nations. They have rights for a time, and then um, bad actors get involved mm. and take those rights away. But like we said before, the truth is what makes us free. Jesus is what makes us free, and our expectation should be in Him, not in men. Amen. All right. So appreciate. Uh... Appreciate folks listening in. Where this is the uh, Voice of Truth radio show, and Senator uh, State Senator Mike Gazinger, Pastor Brian Leversee, your host. We got one more segment coming up, so don't go away. We're going to talk just for a few minutes on uh, religious freedom because we just celebrated Religious Freedom Day on the 16th. We're going to talk a little bit about where that came from. That's not something that uh, you know Reagan declared or one of our re- this. This goes back to Thomas Jefferson. Uh, This goes back to our heritage, our foundation. And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. Your host, Mike Azinger with Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing good. uh, This is our our final segment of the show. Uh, if you missed uh, the first part, we talked about the rally in D.C. Mm. Uh, some of you may have heard about it. There was a, a Trump rally in D.C. <laughs> it made the news in a few places. So uh, they can they can go to the podcast and, and download the podcast, listen to that. I thought it was pretty interesting and, and some good stuff there. Mm. Then we talked about the cancel culture, the last segment. I think uh, I think that was helpful, too. Uh, uh, Pastor, you, you had some you had some good input on that. That uh, some good points. We're going to finish it up, finish the show up with uh, we just we just uh, came past Religious Freedom Day. That was on January sixteenth. I think it was Sunday. Is that right? Today's the today's the nineteenth. So I think it was Sunday. Um, but w- m- most people ne- probably never heard about it. Mm. I just happened to see someone posted on Facebook. Uh, but a, a guy named David Barton, who has uh, wall builders, who is the—I th- I think you could safely say he is the authority on Christian history in America. Uh, but So he, he wrote a, a short article here on uh, the right of religious conscience, and he makes this distinction, and it's so important, I think, Pastor, that uh, we don't just have religious freedom like we, uh, we read uh, the, the First Amendment— uh, First Amendment of the Bill of Rights, and the First Amendment, the first sentence says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Then it says, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So so I have, uh, so we have the right to release freedom, then we can exercise it the way we want to. Hmm. And if there's something that bothers my conscience, if my conscience t- tells me, 
uh, I don't think the Lord would want me to do that. That is protected by the First Amendment. So uh, Jefferson wrote the um, Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but it's uh, beautifully written, as only Jefferson could do. He was a a beautiful writer, the Declaration of Independence. Mm. That was Jefferson. Beautiful words. And a lot of the phrases, by the way, that Jefferson put in the Declaration of Independence and other other, uh, founding documents came from things that he had learned from other uh, founding forefathers, most of them preachers. These are these are uh, biblical phrases. Okay, phrases like self-evident. It's a biblical phrase. So on. Uh, it's, it's founded in, in the Bible. So uh, Jefferson's documented record is that he openly Jefferson openly promoted the use of Bible in schools, religious meetings in public buildings. Uh, Barton talks about, Pastor, a church that met in the Capitol. I think they had like 2,000 people that came at one time. Met in the Capitol. Um, so, so that's Jefferson. He believed that one of the most important aspects of religious freedom is to protect the right of religious conscience. If, I don't want, if I'm a baker, photographer, florist, I don't want to get involved in a, in a uh, marriage that is, is unbiblical between two men or two women, whatever, then I have that right to say no. That's protected by the First Amendment. See, that's the thing. The devil and, and those that would not want religious freedom to purvey, they don't care what you believe as long as you're silent about it. They don't mm. care what you believe as long as you don't act on yeah. it. That's a great point. Just uh, if you shut up, everything's cool. Yeah. If you shut up, your life will be fine. Yeah. Be a Christian. Yeah. You know, uh, t- you know, believe the Bible all you want. Just don't talk to anybody about it and just don't act on what it says. I think God fine. said, to Isaiah, I think it was Isaiah, cry aloud, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Now, we don't have to go around yelling like a trumpet, but he did command, uh, I think it was Isaiah, to lift up your voice. We're supposed to be a, we're supposed to be a voice mm. and uh, speak the truth in love. Uh, uh, so, anyway, that... Uh, that is uh, Jefferson and the the uh, Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom. So you can look that up too. It's it's a fascinating, a fascinating piece to read. It's not too long, and uh, this is what happened. By the way, I did a little research on this because I knew we were going to talk about it. But so Jefferson he writes the Statute of Religious Free, uh, Freedom, Pastor, and. Um, it was in 1779, but there was a group of 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 uh, congressmen from the that were of the Church of England. That was their church, and they fought it. They they wanted an established church. They liked the Church of England. They used to we used to have established churches in America, and that's why we have the First Amendment. Um, then uh, so so it died. But then in 1784, this is how the providence of God works. 1784, there was a tax that was coming up in Congress to support all Christian sects. It was just a tax from the people. We're taking this tax, and we're just going to spread it around to the churches. People went insane about that. And uh, Madison said, ah, here's an opportunity to reintroduce uh, Jefferson's statute of religious freedom. In the fullness of time, timing is mm. is everything, and uh, sure enough, Madison brought it back up, and it passed uh, it passed the Congress. Mm. 
Can I can I give you two quick quotes here? I know you're itching to talk here. You're a pastor. I know you've got 10, <laughs> 10 million things in your in your head saying, easing your shut up. Let me just read these. The consciences of men are not the objects of human legislation. For what business in the name of common sense has the magistrate or the elected official with our religion? Okay, so this is Madison said, that was William Livingston. Madison said this, government is instituted to protect property of every sort. Conscience is the most sacred of all property. Mm. Wow. That's very is well that Okay, so who trained Madison? W- Witherspoon, one of the greatest mm. theologians. These men that uh, that were running our country at the beginning were, were schooled by uh, many of them, like a third of them, by, by a great theologian, uh, Witherspoon, who we, we would agree with on most parts anyway, and they had just come out of the Great Awakening. These were these were not secularists like we have today. These are this is a culture of people that believed in God and followed Jesus Christ. Well, that's a huge shift that's taken place in our culture now too. Is you know we used to derive our laws from the lawgiver, which was God. We used to derive our laws from Scripture that that the Lord had given to us, mm. and so therefore. You know, pastors were looked to for counsel from those who were uh, creating laws for nation for our nation and those who were acting on laws for mm-hmm. our nation. And the shift that's taken place is we no longer want to draw our laws from the absolute truth of God's word. We want to make up laws that are convenient for us in the moment. That's why we want to have now the term is a, a living constitution, mm-hmm. not something that's anchored to... Uh, you know, everlasting principle. We want something that will, you know, be flexible and and be malleable to whatever our desires are at the time because, you know, the mob should be able to rule based upon whatever desires they have. Well, the fathering, the founding fathers knew that that would lead to disaster. That would lead to exactly what happened in Rome where ultimately it would be eaten up from the inside out. Right. And so they said, we need to fasten our laws to something that's unchanging. So pastors were consulted, pastors were learned from, pastors had a voice in the culture. Uh, many of, of these that were um, our founding fathers, they went to church and they heard from God's word and it helped to guide their, their understanding of the law. So when, when they're talking about our conscience is the most valuable property we have, well, our conscience is also tied into natural law because the Bible says that he has ingrained his truth on our conscience. We're programmed to look at nature and understand there's a God. We're internally created to know that there's right and there's wrong, that there's good and there's evil. But that becomes seared over time as our conscience gets robbed from us by Satan. And Satan will use whatever mechanism he can to rob us of our conscience. He wants that that's Satan's cancel culture. If he could totally eradicate God's stamp of creation on our lives, mm. then he's got us. Mm. And that's what he's trying to do now. And every, every child, every baby born by nature understands at some point that God made him, mm. that God is there. I remember reading a quote by Helen Keller who could uh, not talk. She couldn't seek. She couldn't hear. Um, a cute little story I just read. She was very close to Mark Twain, and hmm. she loved Mark Twain. And she went to hear him. Uh, she wanted him to read to her, and she would put her fingers on his lips, and hmm. he would he would read. And he he she loved him, uh, but but her her quote was God. I always knew you were there. I just didn't know your name. Hmm. So God reveals Himself in conscience and creation, and uh, and His Word. 
mm-hmm. right? And, and you've got general revelation, which is conscience and creation, and yeah. you've got specific revelation, which is his word where he tells you who he is and why he's created you and what his purpose is for you. Yes, and so the will of God is what our founders created law from. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and you made some great points about, about uh, the, the influence that pastors had in our culture. They did, they did create law from what they heard from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastors were, were, were tutors. They mm-hmm. were the main tutors back then uh, because of, of, obviously because of the Christian influence, but because they were also the most educated. These, these colleges that were started were started, many of them, to uh, educate pastors, Harvard, University of Chicago was started to teach pastors to take the gospel to the Indians of the of the Midwest, uh, but but uh, anyway, so we just celebrated the uh, Religious Freedom Day. So is uh, is religious freedom going to be in peril in the, in the coming years? It's it's possible. Hmm. So go ahead. At the same time, you know we have the hope that Christianity that God's truth thrives in times of persecution. It seems like when we have something that's going to be ripped away from us, that that we really turn to the power of the Holy Spirit to stand in his truth. And I'm hoping that Christians will do that in these days. Yes. So, and, and you had, we just have two minutes left, minute left. Just, you, you had some good points in, in church Sunday morning, just in terms of what, well, what the family needs to do. I and, think we rely too much on, on government, on schools, on whatever to, to thrust us in a direction as a culture. Uh, I like to quote from Ronald Reagan. I'm not going to get it exactly right, but he said something about, you know, real change happens around the dinner table. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can make a difference, parent, grandparent, uh, teach your children, have them in the Word of God, open up the Bible at home, lead your, your, your family. And that was the crux of the message this past Sunday is we have a legacy. We're called to a legacy to continue, in, and that's to learn the truth, to learn and to teach the truth. And as Christian families, we need to be very vigilant about that. That's absolutely a great point and a good good place to finish. All right, so we'll be back next week. This is Senator, uh, State Senator Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversey. Just an honor to to have you folks along. We enjoy enjoy the show and just uh, getting to talk about truth and bringing culture, history, current events to the radio. You folks have a great week. I will choose to listen.